thank you for listening to Papercut Podcast, bringing you evocative interviews with local creatives every week from hometown heroes to hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place to see live music in Winnipeg for over 30 years. Welcome to Papercut Podcast and our Quick Cuts series. My name is Sherry Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelcheck. We're here with Andrew Shipman. Please tell us about some of the things you've been up to since we've seen you last. Most excitingly, the online auctions. Yes, yeah. Well, um, like so many of us, uh, COVID really did a little number on me and my business. And so, yeah, just like it was sort of an interesting few months of kind of getting creative about what chips looks like, which is my business, my vintage clothing business. Um, I have a retail clothing space uh, on Lilac Street, just off Cordon. So um, yeah, when this was all sort of developing and happening, I made the decision to close before it was sort of mandatory to do so. It just felt like, it just felt very weird being there knowing that like everyone was uncomfortable. (laughs) And I don't know, it just, it felt like the right thing to do. So I did it. And then the sort of instructions for retail spaces to close came shortly after that. But yeah, it's been an interesting time to sort of reevaluate what business looks like and how to do it from home and online and through Instagram. And yeah, you mentioned my live auctions, which are sort of the most fun thing that's come out of it is these Instagram live auctions. So yeah, I've got like quite a large storage of vintage, luckily. So I have a lot of inventory to sort of work through from home. So I feel very fortunate for that. But yeah, I was kind of thinking about ways to make it creative and fun and different and interactive, especially at the beginning when everyone was like so struggling with being at home and having no sort of social interaction that we're so used to. So this like live auction kind of turned into this like kind of party, like an online Mm -hmm fun time and like the chat of it is half people bidding and half people just like having fun and having drinks with their friends and I don't know it's, it's kind of turned into way more than I thought it would ever be <laughs> so w- what goes into planning one of one of your live auction events uh, like I've popped in and it is uh, coordinated you you have a lot of like there, there's a lot that goes in like that looks like it goes into it take us through the process yeah Sure. Um, it's, it's been a funny process. So it's, I've done three now and I'm in the works of sort of developing my fourth. Um, and yeah, the first one, I just like had no idea how it was going to go. I didn't know if anyone would even be watching. So kind of the idea was to sort of tease a few items that would be included in the auction. So how it works is I, I auction off vintage pieces. The bidding starts at $5 and people just comment on the the Instagram live their bids so yeah I like I've never done anything like this I really truly didn't know how it was gonna go I thought it might have been just like me and 10 of my friends and we just like have fun and whatever but I've had really good viewership with it people are really excited about it so yeah I've just like I guess what goes into it is sort of streamlining and picking the items that I want to feature in it And yeah, there's been some like standout pieces like this vintage Dolly Parton t-shirt I had that was like a huge bidding war. I do like a 
vintage uh, chips workwear line and those items have done really well on there. So yeah, just kind of like trying to think of things that would translate obviously to video and what's been actually really special and what I didn't think I would get out of it is everything in chips is handpicked by me. So it's all these vintage pieces that I've chose and I feel very excited about but this gave me the opportunity to sort of streamline and look at one thing so I'm showing this off on this live stream and saying this is this this is why I think it's special this is what drew me to it and I think being able to speak on the items one-on-one -on -one and really share my passion for why I bring these things in really like was the most exciting part for me and I think people kind of responded to that where it's like oh maybe they would overlook it in the store because you're just looking at hundreds of items but when it's right in front of you and the person who picked it and is showing it to you is telling you why they love it it's like maybe a little bit more exciting so yeah so I guess what goes into it is picking the vintage pieces and then from there it was like I really just went with whatever what was gonna happen and luckily it went off really well and yeah, so the first one was really like kind of nerve wracking because I didn't know how it would go. The second one, I felt the pressure of living up to how well the first one went. So that I was a little bit nervous about. And then this last one, I just had so much fun. The last one I called Power Hour. So the other two kind of lasted about two hours each. And this one, like the first one, I had Begonia do an intermission. The next one, I had my friend Alex Atia, who's a comedian, and she did one as uh, Carol Baskin, kind of going off the whole. Tiger King <laughs> fame. And then this last one was just power hour. So I just said, let's get through as much vintage as we can in one hour. And I just had so much fun. It's like, I found the sort of footing of it and it's and exciting. So, so is there going to be a live, live auction? You know what? That was one of my best friends. She's just said, I can't wait for this to be all over for you to host a live. Oh, me? Person. Just kidding. <laughs> I just said it. Are we best friends? Is that yeah, you asking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm like, without giving much away, I've been talking with people who could potentially facilitate that in a live venue and just thinking about ways to like adapt it into person. But it's like, never would I have thought that I would be doing auctions online or in person. And then now all of a sudden it's just like, what I'm most excited about planning. It's just so funny. It's like, I guess the silver lining of all of this, right? It's just, and I've seen so many other businesses doing it where it's just, okay, let's get creative. Let's think on our feet and take sort of like these lemons of life and turn it into lemonade. And I think it's been a really sort of inspiring sort of journey for the business, which you both know, just like went through the one year mark. So it was like, this upward trajectory where you think you know how things are going and then it just gets flipped on its head. So it's been good for me. It's been, it's like exciting and inspiring, but it's also been tough too. I don't want to like make it seem like it's been this best this thing amazing. That no. <laughs> yeah. Like, th like this last week was a tough one where, you know, you right. just like you are like, I am alone and I, I get really inspired on my own often, but then yeah, you, sometimes you hit a wall and you think like, I don't really want to do much from home today. And it, it turns into, you know, it is, it is work and it's, it's 
being creative and trying new things and then some things yeah it just it's it is up and down but i i feel very fortunate that i've sort of taken some swings and had some success with it from home yeah totally right? right so when you're curating uh the clothes for one of the live auctions when do you pick up one article of clothing and, and say to yourself, this is going to be the highest bid tonight? Like, do you know for sure which ones are going to be the biggest hits? You know, I I did a few teasers where like, I'll post them on my actual Instagram where it's like, this is a really special thing. And I think my sort of, my intuition with that was correct. Like my my anticipation of those items doing well. But then you have to consider that you are showing people these things first, so then they're expecting them. So then you, uh, for a lot of the pieces, I've had people who are there specifically for things that they had seen previously. So um, a little bit, but then there are some surprises, you know, where we talk about things that get overlooked in the store and there was some stuff that I had sitting in the store for a while and no one really gravitated towards and then I had the opportunity to show it off and say look at how special this is it's made in Canada I really love this detail about it I love this and then it got the attention that I felt it deserved so it's a bit of both where there are some surprises but I think I'm kind of tuned into things that or even that felt too special to just be thrown on the floor at the store and then that's it you know like it needed to be highlighted in a way like that so kind of cool to have another way to display and to um to sort of honor these like really cool things that I'm excited about yeah and it's interesting it will probably be interesting uh when shop opens up again for people's like uh excitement for your stories and for your advice and excitement about some of those pieces and to really like click into your passion for those things because I imagine you talking about those things isn't really a common occurrence for folks who just go in look around and then leave right right of course and it is a pretty small space so usually I I'm chatting with someone as they're looking and if I see them pull something out then I can kind of speak on it but not to the same level as this at all so yeah I, I am curious about how how it sort of translates into shop life after all of this. Um, I, I wanted to ask, are you still acquiring uh, vintage right now? Is no. And can you speak on how the market has been uh, ever since all this happened? Yeah, interesting question, Jared. Yeah, you know what? That's truthfully, I think my biggest struggle with all this, where I say I'm getting inspired, I'm getting excited, but the thing that, I think gets me so driven with with vintage that I acquire is like going out and finding it. So like to not be out and acquiring things for months. I like I said I have a lot of storage and I have things kind of backlogged, but there's something about that excitement of like going out and finding something and it's like I can't wait to post this on my story or post it on the Instagram and have it find a new home. So it's been a shift for me where it's like I I know that I love going out and thrifting and and shopping and finding these things, but like I feel like it really ignites me for like my passion for this vintage stuff to be like constantly finding new sort of treasures. So um, I haven't been, and it's been tough. I'm like I find myself scrolling on like 
Kijiji and Facebook marketplace and stuff. And it's like, I'm not looking for anything, but it just like sort of like emulates the online thrifting experience. Maybe I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I really do miss it. And it's, um, and yeah, we're in a weird time. Like I've, I've started to hear of some vintage stores or secondhand stores. Like I think Valley Village on Pamina opened and mm-hmm. I've seen some other vintage sellers in the city who are starting to go out and it just, it feels a little bit premature for me. So I'm not. Um, and yeah, like we're in an interesting time where retail spaces are allowed to be open with precautions, with, with social distancing and sanitizing and for a vintage clothing store, especially of mine, my size, my shop is quite small. So it just doesn't make sense yet. So it's this weird time where it's like, you kind of have to make executive decisions about like what feels right, what you're comfortable with. And I'm just not there yet. So it's tough. It's yeah, it's, that's been maybe the toughest thing is like that routine of, you know, shop life is one thing and interacting with customers, but then yeah, acquiring this vintage. I will say though, what I do with chips is I have vintage is sort of the pillar of what I do, but I also carry lots of, local musicians and artists and bring in some things from from across the country and also do my own merch so it's got me kind of inspired in those kind of ways and sort of like sort of shifting my focus right now onto those things and how I can improve on what I'm doing with the newer merchandise rather than the vintage because the vintage isn't really possible for me right now so yeah and also like thinking it thinking about those like bugs for shopping. Like I was doing Kijiji yesterday and I just like walking through like the like knickknack section. There's no knickknack section on Kijiji. <laughs> I'm like Googling like weird, weird thing. And like see what sort of like weird things come up. Yeah, or like the exactly. word like oddity. Like I want to see like a hand in a jar or something, you know, like I want to see like weird stuff. And it's just like, I am so craving thrift shopping, which I imagine like, for you also, like, if I want to get a pair of vintage jeans, you're my only option. And, like, go get them other than that. Or, like, yeah. uh, even, like, with a new season, like, I'm bigger than last season, and now I need shorts, but I can't go and get them. So it's just, for like, sure. an interesting, like, market sort of jam up, even in the vintage zone. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? I... I've kind of come back to the realization of why I opened a retail store space because so many people are successful with selling vintage online. And then exactly what you're talking about is why I need to exist as a retail space. It's trying things on and all this vintage I've been kind of collecting and holding on to and then going through now and selling on story sales or selling on my auctions. It's all kind of had to be t-shirts and sweaters and jackets where it's kind of easy to tell you know this is a size large this is how it fits where pants and dresses and shorts and I have so much inventory that I just don't feel like I can properly sell because so much of it is trying it on and especially with vintage you know like a size eight for whatever brand in 1980 versus another brand in 1990 it's just completely different. So, so much of why I wanted to exist in a physical s- space in Winnipeg was to offer that, to have a fitting room, to let people try things on, to make sure that people are excited and happy about what they have. So 
for the most part, everything I've been selling has been things that I feel people could be confident with purchasing and knowing that it will work. Um, or even with a sort of graphic, you know, like really good graphic tees, graphic sweaters, like those are the things that I was doing because they have sort of online appeal versus really special pieces that you just have to like touch and you have to try on and you have to experience in person where I've kind of been holding on to that to wait to sort of have it in store. So it's been a shift of, you know, what, what is the online version version of what I do. Right. Right. I, I appreciate that when you're including the sizes, uh, especially with some older brands and, and clothing, you'll say, you know, it'll fit like a, a small to medium or a medium to large, because I think that's one thing that keeps me from buying online. And I don't know about you guys, but just not knowing how it's going to fit on my body or if it's something that's older, like how is the material holding up? How does it look like these are all things you want, you should want to interact with. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So kind of, yeah, exactly that. It's kind of realizing where, where that fits into what I'm doing and um, yeah, just sizing is so tough and yeah, these one of a kind kind of things and usually in the store, like vintage sales are final because people are coming and trying it on and picking it. So I've, I've kind of had to, you know, picks up an item that they got online and, it's not right for them. I'm like very happy to take it back when we reopen just because, yeah, we don't have the kind of luxury of shopping how we're used to. So yeah, just like adapting in those kind of ways. And, but also kind of reigniting that reason why I opened the shop in the first place to like have those experiences in person, to be able to, you know, chat with people while they're shopping, let them try things on my approach is very, you do your thing. I'm not going to bug you, you know, like every store has their own kind of way of doing things, but I'm very just like, you know, you best and I'll let you go do your thing. And then hopefully you know something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, come out and show me whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> come out, come out. Or like, you know, like the, the classic, no mirrors in the fitting room. So you have to go out to look at it so that the sales associate can be like, that looks amazing. Yeah, that looks so, oh, I didn't even oh. know about that trick. <laughs> that is a trick. Wow. It's a trick. And there's lots of big ones, big retailers that do it. And like, I've had so many friends tell me that they've walked into a fitting room. There's no mirror in their own room. And then they just stand there for five minutes and then leave because you know the sort of pressure to go out there and know that someone is going to be trying to sell you something is just too much so it's like it's an interesting sort of sales tactic I guess but not for me <laughs> hey interesting side note uh before we wrap this up I was watching Dragon's Den once and I don't know if you guys have seen this episode in particular but this person or this lady who uh she was on there pitching uh, a skinny mirror and I'm pretty sure the brand was called Skinny Mirror. And she went about it with like this kind of like ignorance that it just made you look good. But right. the whole goal was the, the mirror was like, I guess the proportions or the orientation was kind of skewed to make you look thinner. And she Whoa. just got roasted by all of the dragons. It's just like <laughs> yeah. this terrible thing. Like you're lying to people. And it was just it, like, but it was just like another way to uh, to try and deceive 
I guess, uh, the customer a little bit. Yeah. Like deceive yourself from home. It seems so strange. Oh, it it seems so. Yeah, Bring it home with you. So you don't ever know what you look like. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then you, you walk out the door thinking you look completely different than you actually. (laughs) So strange. It was so wild. I do have one last question. Yes. And I don't know if you know about, uh, this, um, have you seen the last dance yet? The, documentary about the Chicago Bulls I have not okay because <laughs> I fully think that the fashion of that um particular documentary from 1984 to 1993 and then a little bit into the 2000s like the yeah. big t-shirts with the sleeve cuff and then like the basketball jerseys like over top of that and like matching top and bottoms or like fully covered graphic tees all the yeah. way like every and I'm just like what is coming up with that Chicago Bulls fashion, like that movie, but yeah. you haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. And you know what? It's funny that you or the documentary series. Sorry. It's 10 documentaries, but wow. Okay. Am I obsessed? <laughs> so good. I need to get into it, but it's, yeah, someone, um, because I, again, I've been going into this vintage that I have stored away. And one thing that I, I put on my, Instagram recently was a vintage Larry Bird t-shirt that I've had for, I know I've had it for like 12 years or something just in storage. And I was like, now's the time I'm going to post it. It's sold in like 10 seconds. And it's because I wanted it too. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't even know that there was this documentary out, but it's just so funny that like this thing that maybe if I had posted a year ago would have been like, yeah, whatever. But there's this, this like topical Netflix documentary about this specific thing and I'm like I don't know much about sports so I'm like here's a cool shirt that's like really worn out nice and it's like I had so many people messaging me about that so it's just yeah it's it's funny how even these cultural kind of things and these styles of another time something like the Tiger King or something like this basketball documentary can come out and like really shape how we are dressing and like what we think looks cool and it's these reference points from before or currently or whatever but it's cool to see that like how we're so sort of directly influenced by media right it's like Mm -hmm. totally yeah yeah this is like a vintage uh or like larry bird is like in the documentary as like uh, i want to say character but that's not true but like he him playing and coaching Michael Jordan and then him like doing those like cutaway interviews too. So he's definitely like a major player in that documentary every once in a while. And I fully remember my mom, her jacket, her winter jacket, probably until quite recently was a starter Chicago Bulls, like windbreaker. And I'm like, I need that. But then I was thinking, what if somebody tries to steal it off my body? Like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Like, what if somebody just straight up just comes up and is just like, yoink, like, that's it. You don't get this anymore. Like, because it's just so going to be so popular and high demand. Like, it's yeah. like a legit starter Chicago Bulls so good. jacket. And it's just like, I would, maybe I'll just never take it off. Well, my hesitation with the vintage sportswear like that is like, I don't know much about sports, like I said. And then is someone going to come up and call me out? Be like, name three team members of whatever this is and I'm like oh, I don't know like I just thought it was cool <laughs> Good, do well, yeah it. exactly now that I've seen this documentary I feel like I can wear it you know yeah, so for sure. <laughs> 
like, oh yeah, I know when they won all six times. Actually, I don't know if it's six. I think it was. Anyways. <laughs> six. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You, you passed. You passed. You're, yeah. good. you're good. Anyways, we got to wrap up this quick cut. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on uh, today to chat with us. Thank you. That was so fun. That was so quick. <laughs> I know. I know. Time flies. Uh, we've boom, got boom. Quick cut. Boom, boom, cut. boom, 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 boom. Quick cuts. Um, and... Thank you, Thank you for, for cutting, cutting deep, with, deep us with us on Paper, Paper Cut, Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.